You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul expands on his discussion of the creation of woman, noting the introduction of two new words to define ha-adam, ish and isha, terms that twist the original intention of God in the story. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. So he took one of his ribs, which is one of many, and the rib which the Lord God, meaning that ultimately the woman comes by God, but not through the Adamah, but through a stone, a rib, an item of man. And notice the reaction of the man immediately. It is ultra positive, but let's hear carefully the words This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now, out of in Hebrew is the same preposition that is used with minha adama, out of the ground, from the ground. It's the same preposition in all cases. And I believe that that is the most important reality. And it happens to be in a preposition, the way naked earlier is a preposition that is used as a noun. And so. so the value of something is always within the context. It's not that from is not such an important preposition. It is important in that case. And this is what man, the man did. He technically used a name for the woman. Notice, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now in English, we have this play man, woman, woman, man, and it happens to reflect in English the Hebrew. You see how languages work. They could be very bad, but at some point you have something that reflects the original. But in our case, the original is the reference. And we hear for the first time the man referring to himself as Ish, not Adam, because it's feminine, it is Isha. So we have suddenly the introduction of two new words that define the Ha'adam. In other words, the original intention of God was twisted. How many times I said that even the animals are equal to Ha'adam in the Bible. But now, the top counterpart of Ha'adam becomes, if you like, secondary 
lessened the Isha is Isha because the man is Ish. It's secondary. Let's hear it in English. Man, woman. Okay. So let's give importance to that because later I shall show you how this will be used when Eve is proud to have produced an Ish. You could see how the tension between the human beings as man and woman is introduced here. Notice at the end of chapter 3, you shall yearn, but you shall be subjugated, subdued to the man. And this is precisely what happens later with the buildings. Instead of the king being the carer for his city, which is the world he's assigned upon, he subjugates the city to his whims. And we have that story already between the man and the woman. Let's remember that the city is feminine in Hebrew, and this is played with in all the prophets, especially at the end of Isaiah, where Sarah is the city and the city is Sarah. So what is happening here is that the man in the statement already, he is considering the woman as secondary to him, number two. Let me take a jump to 1 Corinthians 11, where Paul very smartly does not equalize man and woman. And this is what every one of us like to do. He says there is God, man and the woman. He does not bring the woman on the level of the man because he cannot contradict scripture. First, there was the man and then came the woman as Isha from man as Ish. Ish is the male man, human being, if you like. The male human being, Isha is the female human being. So the woman is secondary what Paul does in 1 Corinthians 11, which is a master stroke on his part, namely that he puts between God and the man Christ. So the man is pushed a little bit lower than he was originally, and he leaves the woman where they are. But since Christ is the head of everybody, the man can prophesy and the woman also can prophesy in the name of Christ. And we have that word in 1 Corinthians 11. But let's get back to our business here. I like to make these asides to really show my hearer that in all the words in Genesis 1 through 4 are a beginning of a story which is going to develop. How many times I said, in order to understand Genesis 1 through 4, one needs to know the entire scripture, and then one discovers that the whole message is there. So this building is belittling, and thus all the preaching about this as positive. Can you imagine a man telling a woman nowadays, you are bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh? Well, the woman would tell him, well, you are bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh, because the ish is born of a woman. And surprisingly, 
the author will deal with that in chapter four in the case of Cain and Seth. I mean, it's amazing. So we have to be very careful to make this positive. It's belittling when a woman tells a man, I gave birth to you. She is the senior and he is the junior. There is that story, I think, one of the Greek heroes. The story goes why women are so great, I think, in Sparta and so on, because they are not afraid of men. And the answer of the wife of the leader was because we give birth to them. That's it. And in my book, I deal with the birth extensively, and we'll get to it whenever we get to chapter six. So, again, it's because I know my Bible, you know, and I'm inviting you to listen to what I'm saying. And as usual, you will have to check, but you don't check by reading theological books, you check scripture. Per scripture. So that's a belittling, it's a pride on the part of man. The modern solution that the text should not state, and now you are man and wife, but should become husband and wife or man and woman, does not solve the issue <laughs> because everything is based on she came out of me, actually, portion by portion. Notice the rib. You have to put ribs together, stones together. And that already is not good. If you have the scriptural ear and thus mine, you will notice that there is something wrong there. And woman will be reminded of that in the punishment of God at the end of chapter 3. And the strike here. But to understand the strike of 24, therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh. People take it as positive. Again, it's negative. If you are from the Middle East, you get it immediately. It's the woman that comes to the house of the man and not vice versa. You have it all over the place. The bride enters into the chambers of her new husband. She moves out of her house to go into the house of her husband. But suddenly the author is telling you that this is what becomes of someone who imagines that he controls the other because ultimately you succumb to being controlled by the other who plays on your trick. Okay, let's take Samson and Delilah who had the upper hand at the end. Okay, there we go. And... You don't need to wait until Samson and Delilah. You will hear in a few verses that the man who heard the command of God, and I shall remind you of that, it's not the woman who heard it, it's the man that is why he is responsible, fell into the proposition of woman that came from the serpent. In other words, it came through the woman. 
So this text is really impressive in its play on reality. And it's a punch in the face of the aggressor and the conqueror who assumes that he can subdue the opponent, but the opponent as naked remains there and threatens. It is only when one deals equally with the others, stranger or insider, they are the same, that we shall have the ultimate peace. So here, if I may put it in my own way, the man is digging his own grave, and to those who always ask, why did God allow him? It's because God does that time and again. He cannot impose. Remember the famous story of Samuel and the people and the issue of kingship. They want a king in spite of all you told them. Samuel, well, let's give them a king. So man was unhappy. He did not find the naked he was looking for instead of accepting the naked given by God, someone out of the earth like him. And then he imposed on his companion that secondary subdued position. And this is the story of humankind. I mean, basically, you know, the rulers of society throughout were the men, the males. And then we have the last statement that is going to prepare for the following chapter. And here again, people are amazed. What does the nakedness have to do with the shame? Here, I'm going to ask you to wait until chapter three. But I can already give you the clue that the word naked and the word wise, smart, you remember the serpent was the wisest, are the exact three letters in Hebrew. It's the same triliteral. And the intention, as I showed in my commentary on Genesis and in my book, that it is the assumption that we have the knowledge, notice how the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil plays in that, will be the source of our shame. And you see this in the letter of Paul, the first letter to the Corinthians, that you assume and you will be put to shame through that. So I need to stop here. It's because the play is obviously in the original, naked and wise, and then the shame which is the ultimate punishment in the Bible. It is harsher than death. Notice the statement, I rather die than be put to shame or belittled. Okay? And the authors know that, and that's why death, as we understand it, as though the end of life, ultimately can be not a punishment, a relief. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.